catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Monday morning, October 24th. I'm Jacob Sedesi, and this is The Point from WUFT News. The hurricane forecast cone that has become one of the most widely viewed warning graphics for a looming disaster may be getting a makeover. After finding widespread misinterpretation of the cone, confirmed by the confusion surrounding the graphic before Hurricane Ian, researchers say it's time for an update. I spoke with WLRN's Jenny Stiletovich about what the cone really means and the dangers of misinterpreting these warning graphics in times of crisis. The hurricane cone has been widely used for the last 20 years. The Hurricane Center introduced it in 2002, but it's quite often misunderstood. When Hurricane Ian hit in September, that sort of confirmed that there was widespread misinterpretation. But just I'll back up a little bit. Even before the hurricane, a group of researchers at the University of Miami Rosenstiel School of Marine and Atmospheric Science had started looking at different and better ways to communicate hurricane hazards. And as part of their research, they had conducted a statewide survey asking people different questions about the information the Hurricane Center put out, but specifically about the cone, since that's the most widely used uh, graphic. Uh, that the Hurricane Center produces. So they published a study in August that found widespread misunderstanding of the cone. So what does the hurricane prediction cone tell us now? How exactly does it work? So people think because the cone, which is depicted on a map as a cone, actually shows where impacts from the hurricane will be felt. Um, There's a center line. People think that that's the track that the hurricane is going to follow. And then all the shaded areas in the cone are impacts. And that is not at all what it shows. It is a cone of uncertainty. It is created by using past forecast and the success rate of past forecasts to depict a two-thirds certainty of where the track might land. So if you look at the cone, you'll notice that closer to where we are in the forecast, so day one, day two, whatever, the cone is smaller and then it gets wider as you get farther away from where the actual hurricane is. And that's because the uncertainty increases. So it's really just where the hurricane forecasters Um, say that with two-thirds certainty, the center of the hurricane could land in this area. But people think it it, it shows impacts, and that's not what it shows. I mean, if you consider how narrow the cone is, like at the, you know, nearer to the hurricane, the impacts of the storm, the winds, the storm surge are much bigger than the tiny little cone. And that is because that's only certainty. That's, That's a, it's a statistical idea. It's not a forecast. Does that make sense? Yes. So I know you already touched on the ways that the cone is currently misinterpreted, but what are the consequences of that? Yeah. So I think Hurricane Ian showed the consequences. A lot of people thought that the hurricane was going to hit Tampa because that's where the center was taking the storm. But Fort Myers Beach, that Port Char- or the Charlotte Harbor, Pine Island Sound area was always included in the cone. So in the days afterwards, there were questions about whether or not the Hurricane Center had gotten the forecast right. And people thought, well, we weren't, you know, we, we, the, the, the center of the storm was supposed to go to Tampa. And they misunderstood that that cone didn't mean that they were out of danger, that, that the cone 
meant that they were still there was still a possibility, a two-thirds chance that they might be hit by the eye of the storm, which crossed uh, Kayakasta. So you had people not evacuating or not taking the warning soon enough, didn't give themselves enough time to get out because they didn't think that the storm was going to hit as far south as it did. Now, I know Hurricane Ian isn't the first storm where there's been confusion over the cone. It's been misinterpreted time and time again. So my question is, why now? Why did researchers decide to change the cone this time? Well, I would say that every time there is a big storm um, making landfall and a lot of hazards, a lot of damage, a lot of, you know, Ian took a lot of lives, um, there's this debate this debate happens. This isn't the first time. I would say that it's become more heated because we have had so many busy above average hurricane seasons. We've had, I think, six in a row now. And as we have these busier and busier hurricane seasons, there's just more and more pressure to make sure that people understand the, the, the threats and the risk. That was WLRN's Jenny Stiletovich on why experts say the hurricane forecast cone needs an update. Now let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. Florida lawmakers are headed back to Tallahassee later this year for another special session on property insurance, as well as Hurricane Ian-related problems. WFSU's Lynn Hatter reports that the special session will meet after Election Day, but before the end of the year, according to Governor Ron DeSantis. The session is intended to give tax relief to people who suffered property or business damage. Lawmakers will also consider releasing state money to affected communities to help with issues such as repairs to fire departments and infrastructure. For the second time in more than a month, a lawsuit challenging Florida's so-called don't-say-gay legislation restricting teaching on gender identity and sexual orientation in schools has been dismissed by a federal judge. The Associated Press reports that U.S. District Judge Wendy Berger in Orlando on Thursday dismissed a lawsuit brought by LGBTQ students, parents, and their families, as well as several civil rights groups, and refused their request for a preliminary injunction to stop the law from being implemented. The judge gave the plaintiffs until November 3rd to file an amended lawsuit if they desired. Former President Barack Obama has endorsed Democratic candidate Charlie Crist in the race for Florida governor. Florida Politics reports that this endorsement comes in a video published to Twitter that's now headed for digital advertising. The video ends with a clip of the hug shared between Obama and then-Republican Florida Governor Crist in 2009 that Crist says killed his Republican career. And finally, one program is working to make school buses safer following several accidents in Jacksonville. News 4 Jax reports that Bus Patrol, which runs the world's leading stop arm enforcement program, wants to use the program's technology to identify drivers who pass school buses with deployed stop arms and hold them accountable. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jacob Sedesi, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Monday.